0: rent sound of play 52. play. I am Ryan Heyman and I'll go ahead and introduce my guest even before doing my uh, my preamble number here. But today I am joined by CJ Black of Twin Humanities, Oh the Humanities and Twin Destinies. Did I forget anything in there? No,
1: no. I, I People normally just put the Twin Humanities bit in there. So uh, so <laughs> thank you for your thoroughness.
0: Uh, most appreciated. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, you are a uh, longtime friend of the Kane and Rince family. And, uh, you know, for a while there you were on Almost every week for a good like month or so back in a, I don't remember when that was, but uh, you are a frequent contributor. And then was banished into a cupboard,
1: from whence <laughs> I have chiselled my way out. I've gnawed my way out like a like an eager beaver to be back on sound of play.
0: Well, let's see. I think it's about the time that Dark Souls three came out, so maybe you just kind of uh, hold yourself away in your room, <laughs> playing that for for months on end. Yeah, that uh, that did steal me away for a,
1: a good while <laughs> longer than most people actually, but. Uh...
0: Speaking of steel, let's get back to that first track there. I see what you did there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was Metal Crusher by Toby Fox from Undertale came out in 2015. We featured a couple tracks from that uh, from that particular soundtrack before, and I am constantly bowled over by the. Just this sheer quality. As we mentioned, every time we, get, uh, we feature something from the Undertale soundtrack, the entire game was pretty much a one-person project, which is so impressive to me to get these kind of like renaissance men who just do everything. And, you know, the soundtrack is not just a serviceable soundtrack. Like it's, you know, it kind of ranks among some of the best for me. And this particular track is... Uh, perhaps not one of the more dynamic ones on the soundtrack, which I always appreciate. Like they uh, they do a really good job, or I guess he does a really good job of mixing uh, a very old like uh, 8-bit chiptune sound with, I don't even know how to describe it, like Super NES or PlayStation type like synthy music and creates like really full, just hard-hitting walls of sound. Um, This song kind of, it doesn't hit those same extremes to the same degree but it does a lot of interesting things even if it stays within more kind of like one register i I love first of all those first like opening bars Uh, those opening bars really put me in the mood for the song uh they they're really (laughs) just really get me amped up like it's such a such a fun opening there and then at the main refrain I find, like, a little irritating. Like, it's, it's fun. It's very high energy. It's very kind of in-your-face and almost a little bit too aggressive for something that I would just, like, throw on in the background. But I do like what they do the second time that they repeat it because they, uh, they kind of bring to the foreground the background instruments and let them kind of, like, take the main refrain. And then the foreground instrument almost kind of, like, goes out of sync with the rest of the mm-hmm. music you can hear it. I don't want to say syncopates because it's not quite as precise as that, but it kind of like lazily drifts in and out of sync with uh, um, with you know what it's supposed mm-hmm. to be doing as far as like the following the beat and everything, which I think is like a really interesting sound, and it sounds like really kind of chaotic and kind of unsettling to listen to, just because that uh, that discontinuity is in there, and then of course. Something that the entire Undertale soundtrack is really good about is that when the chorus kicks in, uh, using chorus like this was a verse-chorus song, but it kind of fits that mold. Uh, But when the chorus kicks in, it just really hits hard because everything kind of snaps back into sync and just makes for a really fun, almost like a reveal, which I love in music when there are these little reveals. But um, that that kind of like that lack of adherence to the formal structure within that that uh, second time the verse repeats is interesting because it it doesn't really fit the kind of industrial sound that the rest of the music is going for. Like usually from industrial music, which I guess you could think of like, you know, Nine Inch Nails or Ramstein or something, like is usually like very precise, uh, kind of like a machine, you know, where that, that term comes from. And then this is the theme song of a machine, kind of a, a decommissioned machine or a machine that's not functioning exactly as it was intended, but... Even so, like, it, it's interesting to hear that organic imperfection being applied mm. to something that does sound so robotic. It's almost like there is a life to the machine. Very <laughs>
1: Eastern European kind of sound to it. As a console gamer, I've sort of viewed uh, mm. the the praise for Undertale um, from afar, um, and especially mm. the that which has been lavished on the soundtrack but um, I thought it was very Sid Chip and as a Commodore 64 fan mm, I, I, yeah. I, I like that that aspect to it but with you saying about the machine and um, with the the second runaround of things sort of slightly going out of time. You can almost imagine somebody with, with the spanner kind of having to, that's attuned <laughs> to those machines, knowing that that hum is slightly slightly out of whack and having to sort of pull it back around. And with it being a, a broken
0: machine as well, that's, that's really cool, this storytelling within, within songwriting. And I, I think that's beautiful. I do like that kind of Eastern European reference that you made there because um, that's another thing that we mentioned when we, feel, uh, when we featured Papyrus' theme probably a month or so back is that it has a it, it kind of like feeling of like a Yiddish dance. Or, yeah, there's you know, kind some of, a sort Russian, of a Russian yeah, yeah. sort of uh, aspect to it. I like that. And I was playing this song before the show, and my uh, my girlfriend commented like, oh, is this the Tetris music? And I'm like, you know what? Actually, now that I listen to it, like it does kind of sound Tetris-y in that way. So I don't know, there's something to the soundtrack, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, it's weird with Tetris because that that um. Mm-hmm.
1: That soundtrack in itself has become so iconic. But um, the first time that I th- I heard Tetris was the uh, the Commodore sixty four version, which has a um, which has a really dreamlike quality to the game anyway. But mm. a twenty five minute piece of music. Um, wow. which is really dreamlike um, lots of sort of thumping heartbeats and slowly rising and building and it's an incredible piece of music where every time I hear the dun 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 I, it always sort of brings me back to oh my god I've got to got to go and listen to that to Wally Beban piece again I think he was
0: So that version was that an original composition for Tetris or, or um, did they use the the Russian folk music no, that we've no, come this, to associate with Tetris?
1: This was pre-Game Boy version I think
0: okay. um,
1: but yeah it's a, it's a piece of music really stunning um and one long piece of music and you know how you can focus when you get when you're playing the game you can get into a very kind of dreamlike state as to as to what you're, you're looking for and what drops yeah. and what disappears and stuff it really adds to that and this boom hmm. boom 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 of, of kind of like a not even like a, a, dr- a drum beat but almost like a heartbeat that underscores it and then the sid starts to kind of to cry and rise a little bit and like i say it's 25 minutes long it's, a, it's an amazing piece but um, yeah i'll uh, i'll
0: send you a link for that <laughs> it's really cool yeah, i think we'll have to have you uh, back on and feature that track on the show sometime yeah it's, it's it's a gorgeous piece every wednesday in sound of play we bring you some of our and your favorite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades Uh, You've heard me talking already, and you might have uh, been able to guess from my cadence. But I'm a little sick today. I'm hoping that we'll be able to get all the gross stuff out in the edits. But I uh, am—I'm just barely kind of ice skating along underneath my my awful kind of phlegmy throat at the moment, and so I might have to uh, to surrender more of the talking time to CJ, uh, which, of course, you know, we've had one of our most eloquent and beloved speakers on the, shows to, on the show today, and so it could not have worked out any better in that regard. Oh, bless you, but apologies you. If, I, if I sound a bit gross and terrible. So CJ, do you want to introduce us to one of your tracks? Mm. Uh, this is an um, opening movie, uh, Boku
1: wa Kodomo, uh, brackets, I am a child by Hideki Sakamoto. And the vocalist is Manami Kayota. Now, I, I had to look up uh, Hideki Sakamoto um, before this and found that he'd done the Yakuza games, Echochrome, Taukiden, uh the most recent Smash Brothers, uh, hmm. Monster Strike as well. The game itself, uh, Attack of the Friday Monsters, Tokyo Tale, um, to me is the... For, for me, is the, the the biggest... Unappreciated gem on the three DS. It's uh, about a a young boy in this uh, this small village in Tokyo, and um, the way he interacts with the people around him, like the 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 guy at the police station, and his mum and dad, and the card games he plays with his friends, and it's all. Really, really beautiful. I mean, it's by level five, so it's got that, um, that wonderful Hayao Miyazaki look that they, that they, um, yeah, they took yeah. on a level, a level further in Ninokuni. But, um, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a TV station in the, um, in the, in the village, and, um, every Friday there's a, a tokusatsu like TV show that, that, that's there. But all the kids, will sit on um on the hill and watch kind of the factories billing billowing out smoke and they can almost see they think they can see monsters within the smoke and um to them the TV show is just filming what's there and they can't see it properly and there's this mystery of um is there something a little bit different about the town. Um, is it the kids' imaginations and the beautiful sort of uh the seventies joy of kids not having distractions of video games or things like that and just their their own play together um and I remember when I finished the game it was um it was a break I was having at uh, at one of the um the game city festivals in nottingham and i finished the game and i was sitting in this in this little toast bar with people like having coffee tea and like munching <laughs> munching on toast and stuff and i sobbed my heart out and i i was i was biting on my lip not to let out one of those kind of ah! moments <laughs> the game mm. is a classic i th- i think the the card game in itself is beautiful but it captures the essence of being a child in a way that resonates with me from 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 my own growing up um, and the importance of imagination and play, um, and the you know the mysteries of, world, of the world around you. But there's there's something genuinely special in that that storytelling, and the the end is is magnificent. The song itself uh, that opens the movie is just sort of a um, a sort of two and a half minute ditty, and it's 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 opened with this with this female voice that said, "I squinted my eyes at the bright white shirts fluttering in the wind." Not even the alabaster clouds against the cerulean sky can, could compare to their vivid light. Sotokun, he's a miraculous boy born to the earth. We both came to this city towards the end of summer in 1971. I really like him. And then Sotokun sings this song and um, it says, This is Tokyo Setagawa Ward, Fuki no Hana, lot number three. When you climb the green hills, so much green to see... Watch the Tamagawa River run under the bridge. I am a child. It was only ten years ago that I was born. Living on this planet so blue. Looking up at the great big sky. I am such a small living thing. Growing up so big. My dad is a dry cleaner. He works really hard, but he's a little odd. My mum really loves to cook. She always has a smile, but she makes mistakes too. Both my mum and dad love me. I don't really know why. What should I do? There's this hmm. real innocence in that. It's yeah. just like somebody's It's like the the, the kid sort of doing little essay of what he did in his holiday, or to yeah. or, or, <laughs> at school to, to to talk about the uh, the people around him, and um, that resonates in the game as well. Like there's a bit where there's some uh, this some bullies that are threatening somebody, and he finds this. Uh they finds this pipe, and he shouts down it like a monster, and it comes out the other <laughs> the other end, and like the bullies are like, "Oh, the monsters are real 'cause even even the the bullies that are you know the most grown up of the of the kids, and mm-hmm. all the kids believe that you know that the t v show on at the end of the week is just the t v station filming the monsters they can't quite see through the factory smoke um it's it's magical, I absolutely love the game to pieces, and I hope you like the song." <laughs>
2: 目を細め
0: Attack of the Friday Monsters. That mm. was uh, that came along with a couple other games from uh, from Level Five, I believe. It, Liberation Maiden was kind of in that same wave, and then I, I don't remember the. Was it Crimson Keep or? Uh, yeah, there's a
1: Crimson something or other in there. Yeah, that, was a, that was an RPG, but all of the characters were on bases. Like they, yeah, 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 um, that was supposed to be really, really good. But it's all these little experimental games that uh, level up. Starship Demory, yeah.
0: And um, there's one where you're fighting bugs with tanks.
1: Yeah, I think that is just called Bugs versus Tanks. Um, Uh,
0: That that sounds right. (laughs) mm. I've
1: I've been curious about Starship Danray, it got um, Mm -hmm. reasonable reviews, like a a little bit of uh, love and hate in there. The um, the RPG I really am curious about, but I know that um, with Attack of the Friday Monsters, I I know people that played it and enjoyed it and thought it was quite twee and quite sweet. Um, it 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 punched buttons for me. It, it just mm-hmm. just threw me, and that ending the the, the ending is just astonishing. I, for all this for all the um, the wondrous subtlety and the way the game plays out with these little mysteries almost like a little TV show in of, in, of, in of itself
3: yeah, yeah um
1: when all of those things come together in a crescendo towards the end they don't disappoint they're just they're magnificent um and it's it's actually a game that i'm afraid to play twice because that first playthrough meant so much to me yeah. uh, i don't know if a second playthrough could could ever do that because i i made a memory with it and um and especially the the moment of being at like a, a games festival and sitting in that um in that toast bar and kind of really really sobbing at how wonderful and emotional and brilliant and that the ending was I, I don't I wouldn't want to numb that with a second experience as daft as it might say
0: and my favorite thing about the game was to really feel like you can inhabit the space like you become familiar with this town and I think more than anything like they did a really wonderful job with the sound design yeah. And I love just plugging in the headphones and then hearing all the the bugs and the river rushing by and yes. it really it does a good job of putting you in a like a real sense of like place and uh makes it feel so real. And even when you find a new card, the kind of never gets old from <laughs> yeah, from when yeah. you when
1: you hear it. It's such a, a wonderfully resonant sound, but yeah, what a what a lovely game. And the artwork was um was all the same guy like the the um i believe the the guy that that created it um was the art designer yeah here we go kazayabe um Mm. designed it um wrote it and worked on the art direction as well so tip of the hat to you sir definitely more of this please, especially on, on handhelds. Cause I can, I mean, the, yeah, the way yeah. that people um, will speak about things like life is strange is the way that I reacted mm-hmm. to this. And I think that, that these sort of games on a handheld, are just wonderful to pass the time. Cause it was like inhabiting a photograph for me or mm, a, you know, a yeah. little, little portal back to being a, a kid that ran around and sort of <laughs> uh, got beyond the, the arguments of his parents by just this wonderful, sugar rush of play and drawing and comics and um, exploring and adventures and all of those things. So, yeah, there's there's something gloriously
0: summer holidays about it. Yeah. We actually have a lot of Japanese tracks on the show today. I'm just mm. kind of realizing here. But uh, our next track is another I guess, very Japanese piece. Uh, this comes from Craig from the Forum, who says, I've previously raved about the brilliant N64 Gunbare Goman soundtrack, But going back, the series has consistently had great music. They're high-energy songs with influences from pop, rock, jazz, and Japanese enka. Here's one from the excellent second Super Famicom game. And the Super Famicom does a remarkable job with traditional Japanese instruments. As with most of Konami's properties, Gunbari Goman is dead. The series saw an awful charmless reboot for the PS2 and then a wonderfully styled DS game, which borrows heavily from Japanese paintings, but still retains all the quirky oddness the series is known for. Also, like most Konami series, it lives on through pachinko slot machines. I was delighted to find this track when searching YouTube. It's an updated version of many old Goman songs, including the Super Famicom composition. Every cloud has a silver lining. So this is Fortress. By Kazuhiku Uehara, Tomoya Tomita, and Nobuyuki Akena. This is a this is a very short track, but it is very high energy. It packs a lot of music into its 56 seconds, and we may loop it a couple of times just because it is so mm-hmm. short. And uh, you know, but it's a really fun track, as Craig introduced very well. I don't really have anything to add to his introduction, so let's go ahead and uh, and play that track there.
1: Got a, a bit of a penchant for uh, for ancient sort of uh, Eastern remixes like this. Um, mm, Matt yeah. Gray's Last Ninja Two soundtrack on Commodore sixty four yes. uh, is is very much in this uh, in this regard, which is being remixed at the moment um, with brand new technology, which is fa- sounding fabulous. Um, really, one of, one of which no, by, by who is doing that? He's, he's doing it himself. Uh, oh, cool. Um, Matt Gray. I only realised a, a couple of years ago. Uh, went on to do pop stuff and uh, worked at Zenomania who uh, wrote and performed stuff, sorry, wrote and produced stuff for the likes of One Direction and the Sugar Babes (laughs) and and things like that. So uh, now he's got stupendous technology and is remixing, did a Kickstarter to to remix all of the Last Ninja 2 stuff, plus he's working on uh old um Rob Hubbard stuff and you know old um Sir chip musicians from, from yesteryear um and wow one of them his uh his remix of uh Sanction Tune by Rob Hubbard I had on a previous sound of play mm-hmm. and it's 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 incredible. I'm very excited to to hear more. So yeah there's some cool stuff there. So uh, funky Bassline on that go on uh yeah (laughs) the goemon tune as well i will say my my only connection to goemon in this regard is that is the film uh which Mm. came out a few years ago um which is the nearest thing to a final fantasy film you will ever see in your life and it's uh it's directed by um the same guy who did Cassern, which is my favorite film ever
0: yeah when you say nearest thing to a final fantasy film Mm. for one it uh, assumes that Final Fantasy is like a singular entity that can be represented in one particular way. I don't know, but, there's, uh, there's, this, there's this wonderful
1: <laughs> degree of 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 bombast about the the mm-hmm. film that it laughs at itself mm. rather a lot there's moments where it it almost goes a little bit bollywood and going into like big songs and stuff uh the the costumes are very lavish it tells this this almost this old 50s type uh, mm. epic that that you don't see on on cinemas anymore and there's there's even one sequence which is isn't a million miles away from a um, a very famous una sequence from uh, final fantasy 10 um you know, all done sort of really quite cheaply, and uh, I know Casson was was using green screen before Green before Hollywood did green screen, mm-hmm. and Casson was made for like five million dollars, where the first Hollywood uh, one, which was Sky Captain, was something like eighty million. Uh, so yeah, ambition on screen, and you know, it doesn't always come off, but I, I like to see people run at things and try and not go. I don't know if we can quite pull that off. You know, run at it with your heart. I'll believe it if um if there's enough sincerity in there. That sounds like fun actually. Hmm. It's a I it's could a good catch movie actually. Um Cassern mm-hmm. on uh was a strange one when it was released in the States because uh Dreamworks cut half an hour out of it. Oh which, wow which was just baffling. It's a it's mm. a tremendous film. I well it's a, it's a film that, that that really moves me. I know again, I thought um a few people thought it was it was really shallow, but I I notice Mm. a little bit more to it um, every time I watch it,
0: but um, I'm due another viewing of that. I haven't seen it for years. (laughs) Very cool. So this uh, this next track of yours is from Mm. a game that I've been always meaning to hunt down, and I've been kind of like eyeing it on Amazon for a long time now. It sat at about $20, and, you know, I've been like ready to pull the trigger on it and then kind of as soon as I kinda of talked myself up to it, it the price had shot up to like eighty dollars and I just kind of like, uh, missed my opportunity on that one. But I hope to like every time I'm in a secondhand store, I always look around for this one. But I'm just not having very mm. much luck at all. But it looks like it's kind of like exactly my thing. Like I'm I'm really anxious to get into it but uh, I'm just not having any luck finding it so any uh, background that you want to give on the Mm. game itself would be appreciated because I can't really contribute much as far as that goes
1: So the game is Fragile Dreams Farewell Ruins of the Moon um, which came out on the Nintendo Wii in 2009 Um, It was uh, published by Namco Bandai and developed by TriCrescendo who I believe have done uh, a number of the Tales games and Eternal Sonata as well Um, It's um, it was one of those that was that was coming out for the Wii and then seemed to kind of drift before it was finally released in the West, um, but was always marked up on the um, one of those oh coming to the Wii soon you know, like Captain Rainbow and stuff, or, um, but it, yeah, it, yeah. it it looked like it might have uh, it might have stalled, but um, I don't know I just I just quite fancied it from the start and it, it is. I, I don't know if this i'm i'm probably i'm probably uh um giving giving a perfect picture of myself in this regard but i've i've never cried so soon at a game um and in the notes i've hmm. i've asked you to put like a little introduction uh which is right at the start of the game the opening um the opening dialogue and it's basically uh, a young boy um when the world has died and um, it's just surrounded by ghosts, and he he lives with this, this uh, his his grandfather and or in inverted commas his grandfather, um, but never knew his name. And the start of the game, his grandfather dies, and he's the only person in this world. Hmm. And the world is just Hayao Miyazaki like it's it's not one of these where you know you, you could easily have gone into kind of a Silent Hill aspect with this but they they yeah, they just yeah. throw color at the screen and 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 personality um and you know the the boy wonders in the world alone and you know gameplay wise maybe isn't the most perfect way of doing it but you can see they were they were maybe trying to use the the Wii remote and stuff but when a world steals you away like this you want to know more about it and um you know he's at the point they the the song that we're going to play um comes on he just sees a girl singing at the moon um and there's a there's a wonderful point where uh you go underground and you find kind of this uh this little box that you rescue and it's got it's got a voice and you you strap it on your back almost like a um, it's like a a little little tin, like a little biscuit tin, which which puts me in mind a little bit of Grave of the Fireflies. It's got that kind of that that rattly mm. kind of uh, boiled sweet tin aspect, and it, it talks to the boy as he wanders through this world, and you you find these ghosts and the ghosts that. That, that can't pass on that that you know there's a there's a mother who's lost a child and she wants to to find the ghost of her child so they can be reunited and it's so these like little sort of vignettes and uh, there can be points where you just walk for ages without seeing anything but you're so taken with the atmosphere and again like mm. the, the the sounds of the crickets and um, just I don't know there's, there's something special there um, Jim Sterling on Destructoid at the time was mm-hmm. similarly taken. You know, there's there's the unpolished gem aspect that I think he he brought up in that review. But um, again, I I don't I don't need perfection in games. I just need somebody to be sincere to tell me a story to give me right. to take me someplace that you know I I, I tear up that my heart exposed that you know, the adrenaline just bursts through my body. It's, it's just that's that's the wonderful escape from the real world that that get the games bring. This this is the opening song, uh, Hikari by uh, Ray Saito who. The only other musical stuff I could find of, uh, of Ray Sato's was uh, Baton Kaidos. The, the song is, is performed by um, Ai Tashima, who is an actress who worked with Goro Miyazaki on Tales of Earthsea and up on Poppy Hill. The lyrics are, Hey, must everything in this world change? Tell me, is there nothing left in this heart to express? In the depth of night, morning awaits. And the days repeat. Hey, if even our promise will one day be forgotten. Oh, how I wish for this song to reach you. From the end to a new beginning, these tears greet the day. Far away, far away. The shadows of days past yearn for light. Far away, far away. I hold on to the delicate shimmer. The ever-shifting, ever-changing light and shadow just what awaits us beyond
2: them. At the very end of a summer that was all too short, the old man I was living with passed away. Even after all the years we spent together, I never knew his name. Later that evening, I dug a shallow grave in the front yard of our home and buried
4: him there. ね変わらもうこの世界に夜の淵朝が終わり今日
0: Okay, very cool. This next piece is uh, maybe a bit of an obvious choice from a very uh, much beloved game. One that I'm kind of surprised that we haven't featured yet because it is kind of an iconic song from uh, from that game. But this is Castle in the Mist by Michiru Oshima Koichi Yamazaki and Mitsukuni Murayama. This is from Iiko, or Iko, however you choose to pronounce it, uh, which we have covered in Kanan Rinse 4. Uh, That is the fourth issue that we've ever um, ever done, many many years back. So that's uh, you can go there for a more full and complete explanation of the game. I love this song. It's so kind of such a such an odd piece. Like it's it's a very slow, very kind of like patient track, and just really it's like a sponge to the atmosphere of the song, like it, it or the atmosphere of the game. Like the entire game is all about this place that you're inhabiting. And all about you know just knowing and exploring this, this giant castle. And um, I think this music goes a long way towards complementing the kind of like natural sounds of the the wind, and um, you know just making it feel like a like a real place. And I like the instrumentation in the song in particular. It's very crisp, very clear. But it also has a kind of a I guess the kind of instrumentation that like really kind of like quicks fast strum that i would associate with like sicilian music maybe that's just me being unexposed Hmm. to a lot of different types of music and just like falling back on like godfather part two knowledge but there's i don't know this like that's just my association with it and something about that just feels very kind of like natural of the earth i
1: think there's 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 something to do to do with uh, an area being washed in sunlight, and sort yeah, of, yeah. you know, uh, that 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 really resonates with with that kind of, you know, the uh, the Italian or the or the, the sort of Spanish feels mm-hmm. that that coming into it. Which uh I don't know, it's it it adds to it. It's it's certainly a real world touchstone for an imaginary world, and I, I find mm-hmm. that a, an interesting sort of hop, skip, and jump at times. Yeah. strange thing is with daiko and with shadow of the colossus mm. i've listened to the soundtracks and written to the soundtracks a lot so they're very filmic to yeah, to yeah. let the imagination go but my main touchstone is that uh, i adore the novel <laughs> the novel's oh. absolutely fantastic it's um it's by a a lady called mayuki miyabe who um who wrote brave story which is one of my favorite books ever and she's a um she's a thriller writer by trade and she, she moved into young adult books at a certain point and keeps this, this very, um, real world feel to her writing without dulling a sense of awe. Um, and
0: the icon novel is absolutely astonishing. It's interesting because the game kind of famously has little or no dialogue. And so to have mm. a, you know, a book about it, something that is entirely words is, a uh, an interesting way to interpret that game and I'm sure it would it really kinda of change the uh, the feeling that you get from it as well.
3: Hmm.
1: It'll it, be interesting because I, I I having not played the game, it'll be interesting to kind oh, wow. of to play the game after after reading the, the novel. But um yeah, it, you know it's a, a hop, skip and jump, but she's she's gone into it not not being commissioned by somebody to do to do it, actually approaching them just saying, I love this game That's and I've cool. got all these ideas and yeah seemed very Every talented. Novel. Um I'm sure it was about um maybe about five years ago it, it came out but uh, okay. yeah it's really really good um and the imprint it's it's on sort of uh, brings over a lot of japanese novels to the west and there's some there's a fantastic stable of books in there as well that uh, has some real gems so all
0: right our next track is another request from the forum this is a request by follow my ruin who i always really uh i like his requests he does a good job uh, this is ireland from broken sword a song which seems to have been burned into my skull through overexposure. I'm fairly certain that I'm one of many people who can't put a number on how many rotations of this particular tune they've heard, all courtesy of that damned goat puzzle. <laughs> I've opted to go for the director's cut version in all of its uncompressed glory. Yeah, so this is from Broken Sword. I assume The Shadow of the Templars, which is uh, we're covering in Canaanite's issue 243 later this year. Uh, I've not played the Broken Sword games myself, and so I can't vouch for which particular broken sword it's from but i'm assuming shadow of the templar so if it's wrong please do correct us we'll issue some sort of a correction in a later podcast This next track is another request of mine. This is uh, one that's pretty special to me. Uh, you'll remember back in Sound of Play 1, we featured, actually as the first track ever featured in a Sound of Play, we featured something by Callum Bowen, who I'm a, a big fan of. I've been trying to get him on the show for a while now, but it uh, um, hasn't, hasn't worked out just yet. I absolutely love his music. He's an interesting composer in that he composes like a really fun kind of like, uh, I'd almost describe it as like Katamari-like, you know, that kind of shibuya kei type, uh, type music. Um, really high energy, but also he composes this, the games that he chooses to compose for are usually interesting in and of themselves. And so he's kind of a I don't want to say a canary in the coal mine, like he, he indicates quality. Um, and so if you kind of just follow his composition credits, you'll usually land on some pretty interesting and thought-provoking games. So this this one is definitely no exception. It's one that started off with kind of a slow start, but I think has gained a lot of momentum since its release. Uh, And it's actually just recently had a sequel put out. This is Lovely Planet, put out by Quick Tequila. And it is a... mm, an arcade-type... Speed running first person shooter type game. Um, You are in this very kind of colorful Katamari like world, and you basically just have to make it to the end of a fairly short course while shooting all of the enemies. And I believe everything just takes one shot, and you know, you instantly restart after one start, after one shot as well. It's very kind of Meat Boy like in its like quick restart kind of uh, manner. How
1: did you how did you find this? Because I I, I don't know Callum Boehm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, um, I I remember the game uh, just before it was coming out on Xbox One. I saw a trailer for it, but I flat out love this piece of music and will devour this soundtrack. <laughs> um, tell me more about sort of Bowen and where you where you found this. Have you played the game or did we was it just a case of kind of loving his work and then seeking out sort of the the new soundtrack?
0: Yeah, I kind of came to this through the back door. Uh, my first exposure to Callum Bowen was in a bundle of like indie game soundtracks that I bought at one point, and it, it came with uh, Super Ubi Land, which I I loved the the soundtrack to. It, it came with the soundtrack to Super Ubi Land, I should say, and it was such a such a vibrant soundtrack, such like a magnificent like just very colorful, very. Enthusiastic, um, you know, Katamari like again, I will say. And so that was, it was the, I believe, the theme from Super, Super Ubi Land that I featured as the first Sound of Play track back in our issue one. And, um, you know, in doing some research into his music, I listened to a lot of the other soundtracks and started kind of hunting down, like, what has this guy been associated with? And I came to Moshi Moshi, which was an uh, interesting game, which I really liked. Came to uh, this soundtrack, which kind of immediately gripped me with the, the sound, which there's a certain, like, there's a quality to this entire soundtrack that just, you know, permeates it throughout. Uh, there's so much energy, so much kind of, like, fun infusion of sound effects that don't feel like they'll fit. You know, you'll hear... Uh, some monkey sounds in this song, <laughs> which is such a weird choice. It kind of reminds me of, you know, the Donkey Kong 64 soundtrack or something, but yeah. you know, there's no monkeys in the game. It's just kind of a fun, high energy, weird That's little... when you
1: can tell that a composer is enjoying what he's doing. I'm just going like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. do this. Yeah, I'm going to do this. And it's it's not a case of, oh, maybe I shouldn't. He's like, nope, this is all about me and people will love it.
0: And so, yeah, it was through the soundtrack that it came to the game. And I uh, watched some videos on it, decided that it was the kind of thing that I'd be into, uh, bought a copy of this, and I think I even got another copy for uh, for Darren Gargett, hmm. and um seemed like the kind of thing he'd be into. But yeah, it's just this really kind of like, it is Meat Boy, but... In first person, so to mm-hmm. speak, it's a little bit more forgiving than Meat Boy, but it's you know you'll make it to the end of the course if you're patient. But you're always just really kind of a uh, challenged to go faster and beat your high score, and you know find shortcuts and jump over the wall geometry and find you know different ways around while not skipping so much of the course that you are not able to shoot one of the enemies, which is required to get to the end. So just a really lovely game. It, it has just come out with a sequel. Uh, which is called Lovely, uh, Lovely Planet Arcade, I believe, which I, I can't really speak to the quality of that because I've not played it yet, but I assume that it's still really on point. Callum Bowen returned to compose the soundtrack for that game, which I've listened to. I just, you know, last night bought all of Callum Bowen's stuff mm-hmm. that I haven't bought yet because it's uh, it's up on Bandcamp and his soundtracks are, you know, like two quid a piece. It's not mm-hmm. very expensive at all. The soundtrack to Lovely Planet Arcade is a lot different than this first soundtrack. Um, I guess on initial listen, I'm not like as in love with it as I am this one. It's Mm -hmm. not quite as like exuberant, but it it definitely does have a uh, very distinct sound to it. And really like that second soundtrack feels more like... Uh, higher energy like animal crossing sound and this one is very much like a katamari sound and so i wonder if he's almost kind of like emulating different styles for these different soundtracks to Mm. set them apart i'm definitely going to be
1: checking out more kalimbo Mm. uh, because i really like this and i've not it's always nice to to find a a new composer where where you just sort of like oh yeah I'm, i'm
0: i'm gonna have me some more of this uh so yeah definitely he is highly recommended by me he is gaining a lot of popularity these days. Um, you know, he was relatively unknown just kind of a couple of years back. But since, you know, kind of recently, he's come to a lot of kind of higher profile projects, especially as Lovely Planet hit the consoles hmm. and became somewhat of a sleeper steam hit. Um, I think it was included with a Humble Bundle as well. And so it's certainly making its circulation. And this one is not a Japanese track, as many of these others are. It is an English track, but it definitely emulates a Japanese style. And if you like uh, Callum Bowen's music, I would also recommend he put out a couple of uh, albums of his own music that are not associated with any games um under the name Boen n which is b-o space e-n just kind of removing the w from his last name there uh-huh. and those are wonderful as well i think uh pale machine and i'm not remembering the name to the other one but they are out of more of this and so um yeah definitely lots of good stuff there and highly recommended from me so this cool. is lovely city from lovely planet by calum bowen <laughs> Okay, we're getting towards the end here. Um, we have a couple more tracks. This next one is a request from Flabio from the forum. He says, For a laugh, you could open one of the shows with play of the game from Overwatch. It's almost Pavlovian now. Maybe it's a little overplayed already, though. Uh, we're not opening the show with it, but uh, this is the victory theme by Derek Duke and Neil Acree from Overwatch. Uh, I've not had a chance to engage with Overwatch myself, but you know, I, I like to watch... Uh, Um, the highlight reel stuff that uh, Kotaku puts up, and oftentimes there'll be lots of Overwatch mixed in with that. And I always noticed, like, with every Overwatch clip, like, it's always the same music playing. And I wondered, like, do they just have, like, one piece of music for the entire game? Because (laughs) it would get a little bit annoying. But, you know, even as somebody who's not played the game, like, I still am, I guess, familiar to the point of being a bit annoyed (laughs) with this music. But, it is a very triumphant piece of music and
1: very big superhero stuff, isn't it? Like high-rise buildings and this this could go on like a you know, like a Justice League soundtrack or
0: like a upon hearing it for the first time, like this pretty much is the Avengers theme song, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Like yeah. it's just like almost the same piece of music.
1: It's funny because it becomes almost like a um a muscle memory in your head where you know every note. Like a, after having um watched so much uh Street Fighter V- Uh, evo stuff on on twitch that (laughs) the plays after after um sort of every match and Mm -hmm. uh every little ad break i'm i was thinking how, how do i track this down what what kind of what what would you call this song so uh yeah
0: know the feel yeah so this is victory theme from overwatch or as i suspect a reappropriation of the avengers theme but you know no official statement on that just yet. Unless <laughs> we'll you to be the judge. We have one more track to get to, but before we do that, let's uh, do a little outroll here. You can venture over to our forum at canonrince.com slash forum, where you can request tracks of your own. We have lots of uh, lots of requests already, but we always appreciate some more. We pick from the new and the old. If you request something now, don't feel like you're just sitting in the back of the queue. You might get it on the very next show, or it could be. Months from now, who knows? <laughs> we don't really have any kind of method to our madness. Sometimes we pick songs that kind of like go nicely with one another, but uh, sometimes it is just a real eclectic mix that we like to fit into. Uh, I am doing a little bit of a theme show in a couple of weeks from now, but um, more on that when that comes around. Uh, you can also get in touch with us on Twitter, at Canaan Please do subscribe to Sound of Play and leave us an iTunes review or rating if you have not already. And also, if, you, if you've if you not, uh, make sure to check out our main podcast over at Cane and Rinse, uh, where we talk about one game at a time, usually, uh, and give it a thorough two-hour talking about. Uh, we're in the the 200s in our issue issues right now, and so uh, if there's games that you are particularly guess, enthusiastic about or curious about, even, you know, I, I've used Canon and Rinse to learn a lot about games that I haven't played yet, and I will say in my time not only as one of the hosts, but as a listener, I, I've come to buy so many games that I didn't even know that I wanted before, but have come to enjoy and have been some of my favorites from that particular podcast. I'd also like to thank CJ for joining me on the show today.
1: No, thank you very much. I've I've enjoyed the the musical nerd out and the and the uh, <laughs> um I don't know, the inspirations as to as to why um way you connect with you know a, a certain a certain piece that often it's
0: the the human aspect and also i i do appreciate you uh stepping in while i am battling pneumonia when i am quite mnemonic with that is, it's, with it's always a pleasure man. conjugation you might
1: always welcome
0: well do you uh do you want to tell people where they can find you if they want to hear more of you
1: yeah um the the easiest way is to bounce onto twitter you can uh say hello at at coffee jesus that's coffee and then j e z u s or uh jump over to at twin humanities and that will give you links to all of our shows we do twin humanities is the uh the show about the souls games and bloodborne Uh, We do Oh the Humanities, where we talk about life and telly and music and comics and coffee and whatever comes to mind. Um, And occasionally we do uh, a little show called Twin Destiny, where we have a bit of a catch up and natter about destiny. When we think we've just when we think we've sold it all off, it it kind of reels us back in again. And we uh, have a chat about that. But uh, yeah, come and say hello.
0: Cool. And you are you are ending off the show today with a very kind of grand piece of music. This is something very big. If you want to introduce that,
1: yes, thank you for that. Um, we've had i have had a couple of sort of uh, uh, two and a half minute pieces earlier on, but this is uh, huge. Uh, but follows follows on with uh, emotional games for me, and I'm a huge fan of Lost Odyssey, um, a, a, a game that started off with a battle sequence. And it was only about forty minutes into the game where the, the the main character got on a train, and you were led into the city by the start of of this piece. This again, it's this this quite industrial, almost kind of uh, industrial sort of Russian, uh, or, or with and a mix of Middle Eastern to it. And it's it, it stole me away the whole piece. The um, the game was not only uh, Sakaguchi of Final Fantasy fame but uh, he brought in short story writers to, to work on these little um, these little vignettes about the uh, main character's life and the loves that he's had and the people he's lost and the mistakes that he's made and this, this man that's walked for an eternity and the, the, I don't know, the, 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 the burdens that, that weigh on his shoulders of, of of losing people in that kind of way um, this the the piece I'm about to play is from uh, a a suite called uh, Symphonic Odysseys, a tribute to Nobuo Uematsu, and this is the uh, Lost Odyssey Suite. Um, it's twenty odd minutes long, so thank you very much for for letting me let me have this. But there's something about the acoustics and the live setting and. The, the the point in particular where the the main lost odyssey theme just starts to rise just swells my heart and I just think it's it's beautiful so if you if you've got this going through uh, good headphones or a big sound system just turn it up and close your eyes and let it steal you away because it's um it's a a, a favourite soundtrack of of mine with regards to Uematsu, uh but a game that I know Phil Spencer has said is a priority to bring to Uh, backwards compatibility i can't wait to play it again (laughs) Mm. and just turn up the soundtrack and and lose myself in that world again so uh so yeah hope you like it um it's a it's a glorious piece it means a lot to me in particular this version and uh thank you very much again for to have me it's been a, a, a genuine pleasure to to geek out
0: absolutely well thank you for coming on we have a very long piece of music and we will see you all next week
1: bye